Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. All right, welcome back to part three, the finale of Being John Malkovich. We are going to get to the bottom of this weird-ass movie, and we are going to do so by jumping right back in. Yeah, we are. You got to unmute Zoom. You got to mute Zoom. Or mute Zoom. That's what you got to do. There you go. Tell me how to live my life. All right. (laughs) I was in the portal. That's why it sounds so weird. Yeah. In the glory portal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Lottie's upset. You know, if you were listening to the last episode, she's now heartbroken by Maxine. Truly heartbroken for the first time. And she goes to see Dr. Lester for help because she knows that there's some shit going on. She knows that there's some inside baseball about Malkovich after seeing that creepy serial killer John Malkovich tribute room the first time she went to this dude's mansion. So she shows back up and, you know, just just sort of disheveled. It's raining. You know, she's soaking wet, really looking for answers because she can't figure out why she feels the way she feels, why she feels so connected to, to being John. And, uh, you know, Dr. Lester then sort of spills the beans on like the inner workings of the plot of this movie. And it turns out that he's really, really, really old. Um, yeah. Like really, really, really old. Yeah. 105 years old, 105 years old. And what they figured out, him and his friends, is that they could hop into a younger body and do that in perpetuity, thereby creating a everlasting life. Right. You know, it's, it's their version of everlasting life. And it's worked out pretty well for them so far. Their next target is John Malkovich. So they pick a target and... You know, it's like a suitable host, basically. And before they hit a certain age, they got to jump into that target and start fresh. Yep. 44. Before midnight on their 44th birthday. Yeah, there you go. 44. Yeah. Yep. Because that's when, I think he says that's when they're ripe. Yes. I like think f- that's what he says. <laughs> it's yeah. so fucking weird. And, it, and it's like some kind of worm that he goes, like, the book. The diagram is some kind of worm that they use to transport. So, like, the vagina hallway is like a worm or something. That's why yeah. it's gross. I don't know. <laughs> like a worm. Yeah. Like a vagina. Not the only reason why it's gross. It's gross for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, he's laying this all out, uh, you know, for Lottie. And, you know, feels compelled to tell her, like, you're, you're a kind person. You're a good person. Let me introduce you to my friends. We all do this shit together. And, uh, you know, maybe you could do it with us. And, you know, it's like a collective. Like, they all live in someone's head together. It's a very strange mm-hmm. concept. Um, but she's kind of, she's sort of all in on it. You know, <laughs> she's very interested. It's like uh, buying a timeshare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a half hour of your time. And get to do some cool stuff. So (laughs) 
while this is going on, you know, Maxine is uh, enjoying some intimate time with John Malkovich. Um, now that she knows that John is being controlled full time by Craig, he's puppeteering this this man full time. In fact, now she wants to see his work as a puppeteer. And, you know, we get this really cool sequence, which is a callback to the opening of the film. This is one of Craig's pieces. I forget what it's called. It's like a dance of despair. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And John Malkovich recreates the dance that the puppet does in the beginning of this movie. Almost shot for shot. I mean, it's it's yep. Yep. it's really cool. It's it's really it's artistically very done. Yeah, and there's definitely like a stunt guy doing some backflips in here. Yeah, you can tell. But I mean, this, that's one of the reasons that Spike Jones was nominated for best director for this because the editing and and the cuts are just amazing. You know. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, it's a. Uh, it's just meant to show the impressive like control that that Craig now has over John, and uh, yeah, it's it's oddly beautiful. This like middle aged shirtless man with a, a sheet wrapped around his waist doing this sort of ballet, like mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's it's very it's very it's strange and it's hard to describe. If you've never seen this movie, you just gotta watch it, man. It's yeah. it's yeah he's writhing in pain. Like it's just, it's pure performance art. Um, and props to, again, to John Malkovich. He's all in on this performance. Like he's giving this thing fucking everything he's got. Um, yeah, just a, just a, another reason why this guy's a fantastic actor. So, and of course, Maxine's fucking floored by this. Like, you know, she thinks it's amazing and it's 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 wonderful and you know craig finally feels seen like this whole movie was about fucking woe is me and no one appreciates my art yeah and and finally i have this outlet now where the person i care most about in the world is fucking impressed by it like he is at his emotional height you know everything is everything is working out for him uh everything is going out uh What's the phrase I'm looking for? Everything is is coming up Millhouse for this motherfucker. Yeah, it's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like it's it's you know, and it feels so undeserved. That's the weird thing about it. Usually in a movie, when the character gets this moment, you're like, finally, you hate that this is happening for him. So by the way, John Malkovich is now, um, I don't know, trapped in his own subconscious somewhere. Like it's it's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yep. Yeah, he's along for the ride, but he can't. I wonder get out. if they um, filmed this movie like these scenes first because his hair was still there before, and then he cut oh, it off. That's the... a wig. Oh, it is a wig. <laughs> oh, definitely. I don't know. Maybe it looked like it could have been natural hair growing. No, out. I know they. Yeah, they did a great job, but that's definitely a hairpiece. There's no question. Yeah, that's the same wig from fucking Kingpin. That yes, that Bill exactly. Murray wore. Oh yeah. Yes. Which, by the way, we're gonna do Kingpin at some. Oh, that's Jeez. a great yeah. movie. That is a great yeah. movie. Some Providence boys, the Farley brothers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is it, isn't that Sparkle Motion Lady in that? She's the fucking. Mm-hmm. No, lady? it's not no. her. It's uh, she's another famous character actor. I forget her name, but she's been in a shit ton of stuff. Is she the one that was in No Country for Old Men, or is that the Sparkle Motion Lady? That's the Sparkle Motion Lady. Okay, I'm getting that confused. That is, yeah. But they look similar. 
Oh, yeah, no, definitely, because they're both great character actors. They've both yeah. been in so many things that you forget. So I'll look it up. Go ahead. All right. All right. So, yeah, Lottie's being introduced to, like, this uh, sort of weird cult of people who go in these tubes. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, like, digging into the mythology of this movie at this late stage in the game is, is pretty interesting. Um, that said... Craig now realizes with full control over John, I can really, you know, artistically like fuck being an actor. I can, I can use John to advance my art, my puppeteering. Um, there's a, there's a really on the nose line that makes me laugh. And it's something to the effect of, I could use John Malkovich's notoriety to advance my puppeteering career with a totally straight face. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like, yeah. Pup is not fucking cool. Like it's just not cool. <laughs> no matter what you do, even if you're fucking that loser ass comedian. What was his name again? Uh, That's my point. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy. I'll tell you yeah. what, those guys are fucking huge in Vegas because the, oh, the average the uh, average visitor that. to Vegas loves that shit. I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. It's the uh, stupidest shit ever. Yeah. Um. I was a fucking terrorist. Uh, yeah. Because because the other thing is the guy's racist as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand that fucking like, guy. You know. And and yeah. He he Bill, sort of faded is it out. Bill something or. Yeah, I forget. Doug? Bill Bill Burr. I don't know. No. No. Bill, Bill Burnham. No. No. Not Bill Burnham. Burnham. He's the. Oh no. Um, he's he's funny. Don't get me started on him. <laughs> don't get me started this, on that fucking YouTube name, fucker. Um. Bo? Uh, no, I was thinking Bill Engvall, but that's the Here's Your Sign guy. Yeah, that's another one that you find. Um, no, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I don't remember I now. I don't know. Keep going. Yeah. I'll look that one up, too. And by the <laughs> way, before we move on, Dun her, name is, her name is Lynn Shea, and you know her from way back when she was Magda in Something About Mary. Ah, mm. that's right. The old and lady. She, she's also the, the, the psychic lady... TV show lady from the Insidious movies. Oh, she's the one that comes to help them with her crew. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But her name is Lynn Lynn Shea, and got her her list of credits is a two hundred eleven credits. Like that's how much she's worked, and yeah, yeah, she's she's in everything that you know and everything you don't know. Damn. So, yep. Nice. All right, so we get a scene where uh, John and Maxine go to see John Malkovich's agent to tell him he's no longer going to act. He's going to be a puppeteer. And this guy steals the scene. This agent is fucking obnoxious and uh, apologizes for the C-word receptionist like three times. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but met with no resistance. Like, no. You know. Okay. It's like, done. oh, yeah, sure, done. Yeah, puppeteer, got it. Yep. And uh, we pretty much flash forward to eight months later where uh, he's now an accomplished, severely accomplished puppeteer, changing the face of puppeteering, and he's, you know, world famous, and we had shots of, uh, you know, celebrities watching shows. He's watching sort of like a VH1 behind the music on his own life at this yeah. point. This is the, the this is the Fight Club connection. Yeah, that's Fincher is one of the guys who starts praising him. He's not playing himself. He's playing somebody named Bing or something, Christopher Bing, but that's David Fincher. 
Oh, that's cool. I didn't, so, didn't realize that. Yeah, that's the connection. Well, besides the, the Brad Pitt connection, too. I mean, he's in it for a brief second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the best shortest cameo ever. Was the yeah. Brad Pitt? Him and and to a, even shorter was uh, was uh, what's her name from Friends? Andy Dick. Andy Dick was in it too. Yeah. Andy um, Dick, and then they showed fucking Hanson. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Aniston was standing next to Brad Pitt, so she was in it for like a half a second. The Andy Dick one, like, stood. I was like, oh, it's Andy Dick. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I got so excited. That fucker just got arrested again. I oh, wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. He's such a piece of shit. Oh, he's, he's so an, awesome. Yeah, he is. He's frightening. He's he's psychopathic. He's and and Eric, you were so close. It's Jeff Dunham. Ah, Dunham. I know. It, I, it, yeah, because yeah. when you were saying Burnham, it was tickling my brain too. <laughs> I knew it wasn't that, but I and you were so close. And then I kept Jeff saying Dunham. Doug because I was thinking Dunham. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's just he's just flat out unfunny and racist. Fucking proves that puppeteering is not yeah. cool. Um, but he's gone from Vegas. Like Terry F- Terry Fader, the um, America's Got Talent guy. Yeah, he's the ventriloquist now. But he also lost his main spot on the strip, and he's playing one of the smaller clubs. But yeah, puppeteering yeah. died with Jim Henson. Yeah, yeah man, he was the goat. Yeah. He was the goat. Yeah. Uh, so the Scientologist killed him. By the way, I'm just letting you know. Oh, because he can... he had pneumonia and they wouldn't let him get treated, and the fucker oh. died. So. Oh. Damn. Okay. Damn it, man. It's another group of people I want to fuck in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Painfully. Yeah. All right. We're getting I'm ugly now. It's getting late. And Doug's getting loopy. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. <laughs> He's going to start saying some shit. <laughs> All right. So eight, eight months later, two very important things happen. One is that John is famous for puppeteering, but two is that Maxine is very pregnant, and she's setting up the nursery for um, the baby. Which is and, funny because it looks like she's hanging like with the way she's pulling the strings, like, like she's doing puppeteering with the yes. mobile. You're right. I see. Right. You that was definitely that, yeah. intentional, and that's oh, a yeah. good catch. I didn't think about that, but you're the, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're that's right. the only thing I think about. She's in there like pulling things up and down, and I'm like, oh, it looks yeah. just like she's controlling a puppet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. making the mobile. Yeah, yeah good catch, I, I, man. I noticed that too. Yeah, it's it's the, the sort of like visual symmetry, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. This is where you're supposed to feel sorry for Maxine because she's looking at the puppet of Lottie, um, which made its way into the nursery, and she's yeah, I saw that. touching its face and and basically apologizing in some small insignificant way, like I'm so sorry. She's she's unhappy, you know, with with the way things ended up. Even though she got what she wanted, um, she realizing now that uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, and. Even though Craig is inside of Malkovich, the luster has worn off, and it's just Craig. It doesn't matter that he's in Malkovich; it's the same guy, and you know he has the same impulses and the same you know nothing changed except the the skin. Yeah. Um, even even his outward appearance is now like disheveled his hair is all fucking grown out and, and ratty um you know which was which was cusack during this whole movie like he looked kind of homeless um but he's he's a mega star now for his his puppeteering and like i said he's living his best life he's sold out shows to these you know rooms full of celebrities and just like the self-aggrandizing way that he does everything he's he's you know there's, there's shots of him 
And this is actually a really cool scene. Like, he's got a human-sized puppet. It's very clearly a guy in a suit. Yeah. But he's he's pulling on the strings with his teeth and his arms, and it's just... It's so over the top. It's exactly like what he wanted is his entire artistic life. And while he's doing this, we cut back to scenes of a pregnant Maxine, you know, again, regretting where she ended up and the decisions she made and how she got to where she is. Um, yeah, but you still don't feel bad for her because she's not a good person. You still don't, right? Like, you still don't really feel bad for her. She's a fucking yeah. monster for this entire movie. Yeah, exactly. So I can't really, you know, I don't care that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's what we call too little uh, too late. Yeah, exactly. Which is also Doug tonight when he goes to the bedroom. Well, that was fucking uncalled for. <laughs> My God. Uh, I was uh, hoping he had his headphones on quicker, but he didn't have them on. What no. happened? No, He's we're just talking a- about how Maxine's such a bitch, and, you oh, know, and okay. they're trying to like make her feel better, and then Eric might have said that it's too little, too late, and I said it's going to be Doug when he gets to bed tonight. Yes, that's true. I'm going to be a cranky <laughs> fucker in the morning. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, all right. So uh, we're, we have this big show. You know, he, he puts on the performance of his lifetime, and it's his 44th birthday, uh, Malkovich, that is. And he comes home with the cake, only to discover that Maxine is no longer there. And Maxine has decided to leave Craig, uh, which he can't even, like, he can't even wrap his fucking head around. Um, but he gets a phone call, and it's not that she left, it's that she was taken by the... Lester cult, let's call them. Yeah. And they let him know, like, listen, man, we're going to kill your wife. Yeah. We're going to fucking murder your wife if you don't get out of that body. It's our body, and we got to get in there by midnight tonight, or else the whole thing's fucked. So get out. See, what I don't understand is they keep saying midnight, but how do they know it's Eastern Standard Time? What if it was, like, GMT? And they already fucking missed their opportunity. Joe, just roll with it, man. Just fucking roll with it. Roll with it. You got to just roll with it. Does that mean he was born at exactly midnight? What if he was born at like 345? No, it's got to happen within the day that he, that is his 44th birthday. Yeah, but I'm saying like. Well, he's in the Eastern time zone. But if he was born at 345 a.m., they technically have till 345 a.m. Because that's that's still the 44th birthday. Yep. And that would have that would have eliminated the best director nomination that Spike Jones got. <laughs> I think they're playing it safe with the midnight thing. You know yes, what I mean? It's, just it's, like a, the, it's like a movie thing. It's yeah. always midnight's midnight yeah. at the same time all over the world. I'm just doing my normal lawyer bullshit. I know. I know. Listen, I know, I know what you're doing. Gremlins, Gremlins rules apply for this. Yes, movie. exactly. So, you know, don't get water on them. Yeah, don't <laughs> get water on them. And, uh, and that's you know. real life. Don't get Malkovich vet wet in real life because he'll yeah. just go nuts. He'll multiply just yeah, like in know. this movie. So uh, he hangs up the phone on him, you know, because the prospect of leaving this body is terrifying to him. It's like, well, if I leave this body, like, I'm fucking, what do I have? I have oh, nothing. he has nothing. Yeah, he knows. He has absolutely nothing. Yeah. So he hangs up the phone and, and Lester basically tells everyone, like, he called our bluff because they're not going to murder this woman. Like, the no they're they're just they're not a bunch of nice old folks um 
when Lottie realizes this, she pulls a gun out of her purse <laughs> and decides, you know what? If if I can have you, then fucking no one can have you. And she's going to straight up murder Maxine. Um, Maxine's able to get herself untied and runs away and goes through the Malkovich tunnel. And Maxine, uh, you know, is very pregnant, by the way. She's, she's you know, she's hustling with that, with that belly. And it's yeah. scary. <clears throat> Lottie follows her into the Malkovich tunnel and they both end up going through Malkovich's most traumatic childhood memories. Yeah, because um, there's already something. There's a customer already in Malkovich. Yeah. So, so their now, only path is to his subconscious. Right. And it's yeah. and it's uh it's it's very ingenious the way it's filmed because um as they go from memory to memory, you know they do this what what sequence? I'm I'm thinking of the sequence in um Oh man. Uh Eternal Sunshine. Yes. Of the spotless well, mind. Same director, so it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't, I'm having a minor stroke. Yeah, when they jump from his memories and go through the different windows and doors and, and passages, um, the camera shifts, it turns forty five degrees and, and up becomes down, right becomes left, and it's disorienting and it's it's very, very cool. Um you know, we end up getting spit out again on the side of the New Jersey Turnpike in the rain. And, you know, as upset as Lottie is, she, she knows that um, she doesn't really want to kill Maxine. Maxine now had, does a full turn, full character arc turn, where she sort of confesses her love back to Lottie. Um, in her own way, she says. A real cop-out line. It's very mm-hmm. like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, like, well, he did kill your father from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> That's like me trying to, like, argue anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they sort of reconcile in that moment and realize that they love each other. And it, a big bombshell occurs when he tells, when Maxine tells Lottie that the, the baby is yours. You know, his child was conceived when you were in Malkovich. So whatever that means, on whatever level, you know, you are the father or mother of this child. Um, you know, in some in some sense. So that's that's you know, that's heavy stuff. Um Craig in Malkovich is sort of having a crisis because he's still obsessed with Maxine as he's been this entire movie. But the prospect of not being Malkovich is also terrifying. So he goes to a bar and, and gets drunk and gets into a fight. And, you know, he's he's just losing his grip on reality. But he finally decides, fuck it, I'm going to call them. And I'm going to let them know, you know, I'm going to get out of the body. Just don't kill her. Just don't kill her. Yeah. Um, so he does that, gets on the phone with Lester. And, and Lester's like, do it over the phone so I can hear it. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> but he does he relinquishes control and he jumps out of the body ends up on the turnpike covered in poo poo and he's got the piece of wood in his hand yeah, he got his wood back he got yeah. his wood back yeah um malkovich gets up and it's 
really sad. He looks in the mirror and says to himself, like, I'm free. I'm finally free. Like, it's the first time he's been him in, what, eight yeah. months. Yeah, almost a year. Yeah. And, yeah, like, really, really unfair for John Malkovich, this whole fucking story. Because he's free for, like, eh, ten Mississippis before all the old people in the cult crawl into the butthole and take over his body. And That's it's a like, great scene. Yeah. He does so well with that. It's like 15 people in a row. Yeah, right? Yeah. So he's having like a seizure. It's literally that club from the villages that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just a bunch of old people going into the portal. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Dr. Lester's like, don't forget the loofahs. Yeah. It's like one of those underground golf cart uh, tunnels they have there. <laughs> All right. That's some art I want. <laughs> don't forget the loofahs. Yeah, I want I want John Malkovich. Okay, so people coming at going in his ass. All the old people him. walking into the door, and then one of them was like, "Don't forget the loofahs." Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, everybody's in, and uh, <laughs> Lester's the last to go. He's still waiting for Lottie because she was inducted into the cult. But now Lottie decides, you know, in that moment that she's going to stay as herself and and be with Maxine. So they all jump into Malkovich, and it's a wrap for Malkovich. He's no longer himself. They have inhabited him for the foreseeable future. And uh, that's kind of terrifying and sad, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, on the side of the New Jersey Turnpike in the rain, now uh, Craig is there and, you know, with his wood. And... <laughs> and you know, of course, Maxine and, and Lottie are there. And he's he's yelling, like, you know, look, uh, what I this is proof that I love you. Like, you know, yeah. in his mind. I got mind, wood. <laughs> I got wood. Like, I saved your life. I gave up everything for you. And her response to that is, is fuck off. Yeah, like, we don't know him. Yeah. He's not with us. Yeah. We don't know him. Like, yeah. want nothing to do with this guy. And rightfully so. He's fucking Who that's not my baby daddy? Say, who that's not my baby daddy? <laughs> And they hail a car, you know, they hitchhike and, and get in a car and leave his ass standing on the side yeah. of the road. And that's all she wrote for Craig. Um, what I want to know, where do their bodies go, like, when they're inside of him? Like, is it in stasis or something? Like, how is he's? Oh, like the actual... The physical like, body. Physics of it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. Do they well, age in there? Where'd the wood go? Is it still in his yeah, head? Exactly. Like, yeah. It's still in his yeah. head. No, I think they just become ethereal. Was like, it just like just... a splinter? Like, did he have like a splinter in his finger for that entire yeah. movie? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that we're going to ask when you get into my weed. Um, <laughs> so we, we flash forward in time to an older John Malkovich and an older Charlie Sheen. Um, Oh, but you know, before we do that, this is my final clip of the episode. This is the pathetic Craig. If you want to hit this last clip for me. I love you so much. No Why did you have to hurt me like that? I'm sorry, but I guess I loved you too. In my way, you are so full of shit, Maxine. I know. I know! It's your baby, okay? What? The baby! It's yours! 
Okay, so I was mistaken about who we were listening to there, but yeah, that's that's the scene we described, and that's uh, you know, Maxine's half-assed. I love you too. Yeah, <clears throat> but it sets up the end of the movie. Um, so, like I said, we flash forward to an, an older John Malkovich with an older Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen looking rough, man. Like, yeah, he is. Like com- oh, yeah. comically rough. Yep. Um, and this is a very dark ending for me, <laughs> Uh huh. but he, he's, you know, again, keep in mind, this is Dr. Lester and the crew and he's telling Charlie like, Hey man, you know, you're not getting any younger. He's going to bring him into the fold and explain to him about, you know, what we do and how we, you know, pick a subject and live forever. Takes him into that same room where they had all the pictures of John and now they've got pictures of the daughter of Maxine and Lottie. And we cut to that girl. And she's on vacation or, or at a swimming pool or whatever with, with the two of them. And um, we get the realization here that Craig is in there. I know. So fucking creepy. But not in control. Just trapped in this little girl's subconscious. So the reveal is that he made good on his promise to get back at them at the end of the movie, went back into the butthole. But instead, since the time was up and, you know, the John Malkovich portal was closed, it went to the next target, which happened to be the little girl. Only uh, in this instance, he was not able to use his puppeteering skills to control this girl. He was simply imprisoned in her subconscious for an eternity i guess of seeing whatever she sees and 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 on and on and on Mm. and in this case it's the two of them living blissfully ever after and it's torture for him so he's he's trying to tell the little little girl to look away look away and she won't and that's the end of the movie it's dark in that (laughs) eventually they're going to take over this little girl the way they did john malkovich um and it's dark in that you know it's it's a twilight zone-esque eternity of suffering for craig but you don't feel too bad about it and that's how we end the movie man that's uh that's it yeah that's all she wrote yeah being john malkovich we beat him and it was weird (laughs) that is the truth Um, With that said, there's only one thing left to do. I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, 
Give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? Are you? All right, guys. Yeah, I, I am. I don't know about you. Um, you know what, Joe? I want to hear what you have to say about this movie first, man. Okay, so uh, when I. For some reason, I feel like I've seen this movie before. I might have, I just don't remember it. Although, I don't know how I wouldn't remember this, but um, might have been a long time ago. Uh, I was scared when the movie started out that it was going to be another Search and Destroy. Luckily, it wasn't. It did redeem itself in my my, my mind. Um, like I said, I like crazy, I like weird, and I like dark. But for some reason, this one was even much for me. <laughs> like... <laughs> It just even, like, that's, I didn't realize that was possible. That's like someone saying, hey, do you want too much of a pizza or too much hamburgers? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, I should have fucking ate that much. That was not good. But, um, I did enjoy it. Um, it wasn't something I probably rewatch very often. And it had some parts that I just didn't like. Um, also the use use of some foul language, which I understand why it was done. It was a product of its time, but it's not. I don't know. Um, I love John Malkovich, but uh, I don't want to be seeing John Malkovich all the time. If that's <laughs> a good pun. Uh, I'd probably go like a three-one, maybe. Oh, I can see. I can see where you're coming from. It's good, but it's. I mean, it's, I don't. I don't think it's bad. I just don't love it. That's a fair enough score. A three-one. Yeah, it's just middle of the road for me. I figure three is like a middle of the road rating. So, for me, it's kind of right there. I'll give it a little bit of a bump just because it's super creative. But that's where it's going to live with me probably. All right. Fair enough, man. Doug, where are you at with this one? All right. So I I do dig movies like this. The weird quirky shit. Um, if it's done well, and this is, to me, it's a masterpiece or a master class, we'll say, uh, in how to make a weird fucking movie watchable, you know, because there are many times when it falls flat. Um, I'll never forget the restaurant scene. Oh, that was a great you know, scene. You know what I mean? Like that, that's ingrained in my brain from the first time I watched it when it came out. And, you know, that's, that scores big points with me. You know, yeah, um, and then the cast from top to bottom is amazing, um, and just the little Easter eggs and everything about it. I, I definitely enjoyed this movie. Um, that would put me at a solid four with this one. Very nice, man. Fair. Yeah. So three one and a four Um, I love this. I mean, I picked this movie. I love this movie. Um, I am a. Uh, unapologetic fan of Kaufman and I I do love his style of writing I think that that plays into it a lot you know it is a weird yeah. movie um, 
but it's not one of those weird movies that like you have to watch again to get it you know yeah mm-hmm. i mean i got it straight through it just hurt my head yeah yeah oh, that makes total sense yeah Makes total sense. It'll do that. It'll do that. But there, yeah. there are those movies, like even Donnie Darko was a good example of a movie that was trying to be so cerebral that you yeah. kind of, yeah. you know. See, I think this was smart weird, and I like dumb weird. Dumb weird is okay. it has its place. I, you know, I like I like the smart weird, and I like the cerebral stuff, but I also like the humor and. For me, this is a really funny movie. Oh, this had um, laugh, quite yeah. a few laugh out loud scenes. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I was that's, laughing That's why out it's, loud, it's living where it's living for me, and not like in the twos. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, yeah. especially for someone because um, I, I, you know, we've been doing this this show for close to two years, and and like getting familiar with your taste, Joe. Like, yeah. I could see where the humor would save this movie for you in places. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah, because um, if it was just this weird dark movie the whole time without any type of com- comedic like breaks in it, I'd probably hate it. No, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. For, you nailed the joke because for me, that's what makes it get the score that it got yeah. too. I mean, if it was if it was just straight dark and there were no redeemable characters, it would have been a completely different score for me. So I get it. Yeah, oh, then yeah. it would have been Search and Destroy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a fine line between this and Search and Destroy. They're both trying to attempt to do the same things, except for this one was successful. Yeah, yeah, because it was a good script from a talented scriptwriter. And correct. Yeah, and the other one was most certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, with all that said, and you know, um, just the just the way the approach to this movie was was uh, I don't know, it just speaks to me. Um, I give it a four point two. I mean, it's a high score, nice. you know, low fours, but but still, yeah. a, a solid a solid entry. Mm-hmm. And if you've never seen this movie or you're not familiar with with Kaufman, um, it's a great entry point into his stuff because it's it's not so so weird that like you can't wrap your head around it. It's pretty right. straightforward. Some of his movies get a little bit more complex, like adaptations, a little bit. Oh know, yeah. Yeah, it, it it gets darker, you know. Yeah. This is this is still pretty light, um, but it's a it's a good encapsulation of like his thing, if if you're into that. So yeah, four point uh, two, um, four point three. It feels it feels right at home around there. So um, yeah, that's it for me. I love this movie. Excellent, awesome. and a. Uh, while we're still in the ratings area, if you guys listened to last week's episode, we're doing this new thing where we're taking our rating segments from all of our episodes and making them into more digestible, you know, things for you. So just, in, you know, if you have friends that you want to get into this podcast, but you don't necessarily want to say, hey, listen to a four hour episode, you know, they can in one hour hear our takes on six or seven movies and see if yes. like, hey, maybe our style of a. Uh, uh, reviewing this for them so we're going to start making these ratings spectacular episodes each one will come in right about an hour or so it could be anywhere from like five to eight movies depending on how quick our rating segments were from when we did the movies originally and um we'll we'll, we'll randomly drop those every once in a while and kind of give you a way to share this podcast with more people without you know having somebody commit the time for a full movie absolutely man we got some people to thank yeah. um we do First of all, thanks to show sponsor Mo DeWitt, DeWitt Law. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. 
If you have legal questions, just call Mo. If you want to understand where the wood went, don't call Mo. No. If you get if you think someone's living in your head, don't definitely don't call Mo. Yeah. Don't even text no. Mo with that shit, man. No. No. Absolutely not. He's got better things to do. Um yeah, so we've got some, we got, like we said, we've got some people to thank. These are our, our, our patrons. Uh, they've been beautiful and lovely enough to uh, contribute to our Patreon every month. Um, and it helps, it helps keep the lights on. We always yep. say it, but it does. Um, it's helped us do a lot of fun things uh, for ourselves and for the listeners. So uh, keep doing what they do. We love them. And then uh, if you want to get involved in the show and you dig us, as little as a dollar a month, one dollar a month, not even a cup of coffee, will uh, will help us even more. So, that said, the folks we need to thank are Ms. Hannah Christ, who is up with my granddaughter, her niece, uh-huh. yesterday and today, and having the best time. And it's so cool. Um, Mr. Peter Bianco, uh, from the Tone Jerks and the Second Button Podcast, Brian Gower. Um, our co-host, Joe and my co-host for the Just Surprising Podcast and a great human, Will Lehu. Uh Another great human who has so many damn podcasts, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, Mr. Tony DeGraw. So he does the Signal Path Podcast. He does the uh, Texas State Boggle Champs Podcast with Joe. That is a uh, King of the Hill recap podcast. And he does the Just Surprise Me as well. We did mention it tonight, Joe. Sorry. That's yeah, right. it's okay. Yeah, I mean, and, Tony's yeah. to, Tony's fastly working his way into being like normal status there. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I'll drive him away. Don't worry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. And uh, Joe also is part of the, uh, what is it called, dude? Texas Sorry, Size 10-4. Yeah, Texas Size 10-4 podcast, which is a Letter Kenny recap podcast. He does that with Tony and, and John Chick. Can confirm. Uh, yes. Can confirm. We, uh, we also have Michael McVeigh, a fellow yeah. Tennessean of Will A., who, cool human. And the previously mentioned uh, Hugh G. Rection, Mr. Rection, uh, is a contributor to our show, and he's been a guest host. And he's a well, also he a will be cool a guest human. host. That's true. Yeah, you haven't heard him yet. <laughs> it's in the can, but it's waiting. So. Yep. Yeah, so that's what we got. So please, Joe, where can they find that? You can go to patreon.com backslash MOTCU. So yeah. fancy. Sign and up ag- for it. And again, if you'd like to vote for our show uh, for the Orlando Weekly thing, go to vote.orlandoweekly.com. Um, we're not going to win anything, but it's 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 fun to dream. We, we already won by being nominated. Yeah, we already won by being exactly right, man. It's a moral uh, victory. It's, it is indeed. And thank you to whoever did that, because uh, yeah. that was pretty unexpected. Yeah, I really am <laughs> curious as to how that even became a thing. Yeah. Hey, fess up. If you did that, <laughs> let, let us know. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we, we want to thank you properly. Send us a, yeah. a, a message on uh, Facebook. We have an email, don't we? Uh yeah, I think it's just MOTCU. It is at Gmail. Or the, the MOTCU? The MOTCU at gmail.com. Yeah, send us an email. Oh someone's yeah. got the password to that. We'll figure it out. I yeah. think I do. Because <laughs> it's what I use for YouTubes. Um, there we go. There we go. Yeah, so that that'd be awesome. And also if you want to buy any like MOTCU swag, where can they get that at, Eric? 
uh, go to artofericpabone.threadless.com. We have uh, some t-shirts up there. If you want a sticker or a magnet, just hit me up, man. We'll send it to you free of charge. Um, we got normal size stickers and yeah, I can human. See it in your microphone, it looks great. Yeah, and human sized uh, magnets. So not the size of a human, but the size appropriate for human <laughs> a human to display on a thing. I need to grab so. a magnet from you when I come down to uh, Orlando in a week or two. Oh yeah, dude. I got, we got get, we'll get you guys uh, supplied up, and we'll send Doug. You know, cool. care package too. So yeah, because I've I've been tossing just surprise me stickers in the pedal boxes, yeah. and I can do the the the. I need to order more well. of those too. All right, guys. Well, there's there's really not much left to do in this episode. Thank you for joining us for three parts of the weirdest movie I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we will say, lights, camera, fuck off. hey guys we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going what are we fucking pbs oh yeah you know it i'm lavar burton i wanted to be lavar fuck all right i caught it first i'm hosting jeopardy are you though listen guys we we need your help uh to help keep the lights on as they say uh we are launching our patreon for masters of the cinematic universe yes yes and we have uh different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to just like pbs um you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch uh depending on the tier that you sign up for oh we got all the tiers oh yeah you can either be a friend of the show a friend with benefits Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but I'll anyway. say for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie.